<coughs> Whatever. Hold on. Let's, uh... Audacity's running a bit slow. Uh-oh. It's recording, though. It is technically recording. Look at it. It's, it's, just, handled it's lagging a little bit. That's fine. It has handled longer. We're good. We usually start at this point. <laughs> we, we have started at this point. At two hours in. It's fine. I'm watching it. It's good. Ready? Yeah. Mark it down. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell here with Hank Piper and Jim Matigley. Joining us tonight, the man, the myth, the legend, last year's Booster Club president, Ben Lieberman. Hey, I'm not so sure about that. Hey, guys. <laughs> Good to be it's here. Been, uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, welcome to the show, Ben. I'm excited to be here, guys. This is the big time. It's Black Swarm Podcast, man. Yes, Things taking off. Yep. Welcome to the show, and now it's uh, time for you to show out. So we got you on here tonight because on, uh, what, June 29th? Yeah, coming up. Yeah, June 29th, the uh, the football team is going to be out about on the town selling Booster Club memberships. So we brought you on here, you know, talk about the Booster Club a little bit, a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, you know, stuff you guys, most people don't see what happens, you know, outside of Friday night. Sure. So I guess uh, just getting right into it, you know, we have all our guests give her their uh, their football history, but I guess let's just hear your uh, Maslin history. Well, Maslin history. I grew up on the. I grew up on the east side. I know yes, you sir. guys are all. I think. I think you guys are some you know, some some west side boys here. But I was, I was an east sider. Yeah. West side, uh, west side. I grew up actually about a block from the old Longfellow. So, um, you know, my my grandpa was a German teacher actually at the high school for for a number of years, and so a lot of people uh, that I met had had him in school years before. Uh, you know, dad uh, dad was from here. Dad played for Leo Strang back in the '60s. Um, so I grew up here. Grew up going to the games. I uh, have memories going back as far as, you know, before I was even old enough to go to the games, hearing the bombs at the stadium from where we live from, with touchdowns and stuff. And, uh, you know, just you guys know how it is. You grew up here. It's just part of, of, of your lifestyle, man. I remember OB Day back in grade school when they would cut the tiger loose in the gym, all that stuff. And uh, every summer about this time, we had somebody who would come to our house, sell us a Booster Club membership. Uh, practice at Longfellow's going on right, you know, right down the road. So it's just you know how it is. You you grow up here, and it's just around you all the time. So uh, what got you, you know, into the Booster Club and all that? And when you start, what made you want to get into it? And uh, what made you want to be Booster Club president? Well, it didn't all happen at one time. I, I actually started going to the. I mean, you know about the Booster Club growing up. They they put on a lot of stuff. Uh, again, we we always had Booster Club memberships growing up. Uh, when I was younger, and I played, you know, like even midget football uh you know we would sell the memberships every single year so i you know you know it's around and all that and i really started going to the meetings um regularly in 2005 and specifically when we had that win against uh st ignatius first win we had ever had against them and that was a, a, a really i mean i you know if you guys probably know it's a really big deal and i just want to go to the meeting and check it out and uh just kind of hear what people had to say about it and stuff and you know that year ended up being one heck of a year so i started going back and kept going to the meetings you know every single week and never really thought about getting involved with like the club and and what they do just wanted to be kind of just hear more about football and just kind of hear the coaches talk and that kind of stuff and, and it kind of went from there and um uh i tailgated with a group of guys and one of them was uh, a vice president of the booster club at that time sig Olenzak, who's now a past president also and um I forget if it was that year or the year after. 
he asked me if I'd be interested in helping uh, with collecting uh, parking money for one of the playoff games that we would host. And that was the first thing I did. So, and it, that was I think 2006, I believe. And I remember just wanting. Uh, so the deal was anybody who volunteered to collect parking money got to go to see Steubenville play, and they played in our stadium. I just, I just wanted to go to the game, so I figured I'd volunteer a little bit, and uh, got to go to the game. And I just you know enjoyed talking football with all the guys that we were just kind of, kind of hanging out with. And from there, kind of you know one thing led to another, and you know little by little, just asked to to kind of sign on and, and help out with other projects. And you know next thing you know, I. You got asked to be uh, a junior board member like you guys are now and just kind of progress through. So, like, being president was, like, never really on my radar. I just kind of wanted to get more involved with the program and help out and stuff, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, so it seems like everything kind of got started with uh, you got asked to do, you know, one thing, help out with one thing, and it, it's obviously, you know, just rolled downhill from there. We're uphill, I guess. It's all good things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it all started with helping with parking. For, for a playoff game you know what else have you done since then you know what kind of progression have you had through the Brewster Club because you know obviously you said being president was never on the radar sure uh, so you know what have you done you know from when you first started all the way up until now well a lot of different things would come up where bodies would just ask me hey do you want to be involved with this do you want to be involved with that so um, I think beyond parking, especially early on, I would uh, you know I'd show up on on days where they would do the uh, the membership drive. Uh, you know, adults would drive the players around town to sell memberships. There's a second another drive we do for uh, the discount cards we sell in the spring. Um, I'd go to the spring kickoff event we would have, so I'd be involved with that, just kind of showing up to that. Uh, but I want to say it was 2007. That year in particular, there was a shortage of sideliners. That one year in particular, for whatever reason. Stacy's third season. So I was asked to be a sideliner that year. And I think it was probably about that year is when I really started kind of getting uh, like significantly more involved with the Butcher Club like stuff. And um, I'd become pretty good friends with Jeff Bricker, who was another uh, you know, past president. And uh, from those type of events is when, and, and joining the sideliners is when I was asked if I wanted to join the junior board, which the structure of the, of the Booster Club is you have your general membership, People just buy memberships. Uh, some do attend the general meetings. Some do not. Um, the people that are more involved in the club, they're a little more of a full-time volunteer, um, are, are asked that they'd like to join the junior board. And then you can progress through the junior board, become a vice president if, you, if, if you're you know, requested to do so, progress through and become a, a, a president. And then all uh, presidents, once they're finished with their tenure, become a, a senior board member. So started with that, um, and throughout the time I was a junior board member, I did a, we did a lot of stuff. There was times where I spent uh, doing the uh, signs that were passed around around town, um, did parking almost every single time it came up. Uh, again, sideliners. I was involved with the parade for a number of years, involved with spring kickoff that we do, um, involved with the, the golf outing a handful of times. Uh, w- uh, this has been kind of an, of an off and on thing, but when we used to hold uh, a booth at the car show, always volunteer to do that and then a lot of times um you know like day of game type stuff uh back when we would have uh, help feed obi uh nights uh would be involved with that um and then a couple years ago um you know we, we've had the tunnel that the, that the team runs out uh for for a number of years now and i want to say maybe about six seven years ago um i, I volunteered to do that so i'm one of a couple guys that when the team runs out of the tunnel and inflate that thing bring it back in so projects like that so, so you just rattled off rattled off like a lot of things you've done over the years with your involvement in Booster Club. 
is there what all does the booster club do that you know people might not see or know of you know that um, we get done there is so much that goes on that people probably don't think about uh, often but I think it's important for people to know, number one, a, a couple basic things. The Booster Club was was chartered, and it's in our constitution, where our role is a support organization to the football program. And our goal is to help the Maslin Tiger football program be the best football program in the state of Ohio, period. So a lot of what we do is we are trying to do a couple basic things. We, we're trying to we provide financial support for the football program. We're trying to make sure that the kids and the coaching staff have what you know what they need to the best of our ability to run the best program they can. So uh, a, a lot of you know time support, financial support, material support, and then also a, a large part of what we try to do also is spirit type things, making sure that the community is involved, make sure that we do things for for younger folks and create an environment where people you know grow up enjoying this aspect of our community and things like that. So. So a couple of things in particular. If you look at the stadium itself, um, this past year a new scoreboard went in. The scoreboard was a combined project with the with the booster club and the school and a, a series of uh, sponsors around town that were generous enough to, to donate the, the bulk of the cost to refurbish the scoreboard. Uh, the one that we had up before had gotten to the point where I believe it was installed initially in 2005. And um, a lot of the, the parts needed for upkeep were obsolete and you couldn't get them anymore. And then technology-wise, it's kind of like if you had like an, an original iPhone, as that uh, software updates, it just got to the point where it just didn't update anymore. It just ran out of stuff. So we were kind of at a point where that scoreboard was just not going to function anymore besides just a clock and a score, and that was about it. So it was just time to do it. So um, Combined Project School and, and Booster Club, but uh, one of our past presidents named Bill Dorman was the person who went out and actually solicited, along with you know administration from the school, uh, the funds to, to make that happen. Um, East Press Box, uh, years ago, I think it was 1989, was donated and built by the Booster Club. Uh, the North Parking Lot was property that the Booster Club donated in years past, and I, uh, I believe at least part, if not all, of the Eagles 190 complex um, that's beyond there was also booster club donated also so a lot of stuff with with uh, with the facilities number one uh day of game event type things um you know we uh again in conjunction with some sponsors take care of the fireworks after each touchdown uh the uh, the helmet that the that the team runs out of is uh is, is done by the booster club obviously obi which has been going on for years and years and years is a booster club event um the calliope um is booster club the programs are, are run by the club uh, we also uh, have a committee that does the uh, signs that are passed out throughout throughout downtown, along with the um, uh, the, the banners that uh, that uh, the the, the pictures of the, of the kids are up up downtown. Also, um, in addition to that, uh, we we don't do them anymore. Uh, but the old beat strips that uh, used to be thrown off the top of the roof before McKinley, and now we have each week's uh, team. Uh, th- those were done. Obviously, one of our most famous traditions is going to be the uh, the footballs given to each newborn uh, is uh, is always done either by a, a a designated person that is a junior board member or 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 a president. And I got to, I got to do that a couple times this past year, and that was really really a cool thing, especially for some some of the older uh, massive families to see their son or grandson finally get that football is really really a cool thing. So. Um, those are more the spirit type things that we do. One thing I will tell you that I'm probably one of the most proud of that we got done this past year is, 
you know, nowadays the OB program is very different than it's been in years past, just due to the laws and, and the access that we're able to have with the Tiger. Um, so you don't have the OB day at the elementary schools anymore, where they used to always be McKinley week. And if you guys probably was growing up, like that was like the freaking best day of the year was when that Tiger would come in and they would cut that thing loose in the, in the, uh, in the gym. That's gone, unfortunately, and we can't do it anymore. So we wanted to come up with something for the younger kids especially to get every school in our district involved with McKinley Week, not just the high school. So the idea we came up with was this, this particular year, you know, we're down to five total buildings in the district. We have uh, uh, Whittier, uh, Franklin, Gorell, uh, the middle school, and then the high school. So five days of the week. Uh, we came up with the idea to take the uh, inflatable Tiger Head Tunnel to all the elementary schools Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the uh, middle school on, on Thursday and the uh, high school on Friday. And all the kids, when they got dropped off the bus, can come in through the... Uh, can come into the head, and we thought it'd be kind of a just kind of a cool thing to do. We had no idea the response that we would get from the kids and the parents. Um, we didn't really announce it or make a big deal out of it on social media and stuff. But when that first bus pulled around on Monday morning at Whittier, those kids were pumped. I mean, we're watching these kids drive by on the bus, and they see this thing. They had no idea it was coming. The kids are like jumping up and down on the bus, and they're screaming. And they get off and they come running through that sucker. The teachers are running up and up and down the hallways and stuff. It was really kind of a cool thing. And so the next day, like word got around big time. So the next day we were at uh, at Gorel, and we must have had 200 parents waiting to get kids, uh, you know, pictures of their kids running through the tunnel. So like that type of thing is really how we keep the tradition of this place going from generation to generation because those kids will remember it the way we remember Obi, and that it just passes on from from year to year. I mean, yeah, talking about all the different things that go on at the Booster Club and uh, especially what you had to do as president. Uh, I mean, going beyond the events themselves, you know, as a president, I assume there's a lot more work and a lot more emails and texts and phone calls than anybody could imagine. So, I mean, as the president, how much time gets spent during football season just on Booster Club stuff. You know, it's 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 a it's a lot, but it's overblown as in terms of how much that it actually is. Um, there's so much. We have a, such a great support staff that a lot of the work it's it's the same from year to year. So you know, we're very fortunate in the club that we've got some people who have been around for a long, long time that have been doing the same projects for years, if not decades, in some cases. So in a lot of in a lot of cases, some of the projects that we do. Like what needs to be done is kind of already set up in place. It just needs to be kind of managed by a CEO type, if you want to use that kind of that type of a terminology. Um, there are a lot of calls. There are a lot of emails. If something needs to be done right now, you get to call. If something doesn't go well in some cases, you get to call also. Um, but the one thing I will say that helps a, a lot was got a really really good support staff from from prior presidents. Um, you know, you you have years and and again decades of experience from guys who have been around and seen everything some good stuff and some bad stuff but i will say in this year in particular I'm, i was very fortunate that with the coaching staff we have in place um the way coach moore operates the program everything from the football standpoint was very very organized which helped me a lot i mean when i had my first meeting with coach moore to start the season he had the entire off season laid out on a calendar to the day which helped me a ton. I'm still a working guy. I have a job. I have other things to do too. So this was, you know, something I had to kind of fit in with what my with my my career uh, needed. 
And almost everything was laid out to a T before we even started. It made it a lot easier. And then I had to give the staff a lot of credit, too. I mean, most at this point now, the staff's been together for a couple years. There's a lot of, of massive players that are on the staff now. So they get it. They understand what's happening. They understand why we do stuff. And their involvement and help with the projects that we do goes uh, – I can't tell you how – it just goes a long, long way. And when, when they're on board like that, the players are 100% on board. It made it a lot easier. And along with that, too, and this needs to be said as well, uh, you know, Paul Salvino as a superintendent, him being a Maslin guy, um, the administration is full with Maslin guys. It, it, I can't tell you how easy it was to make – I mean, if, if something needed to be done, you picked up the phone, you made a call, and everybody was, was working together for the same goal with everything that we did. And that was true not just for, for, for Salvino, Paul Salvino, but David Lautenschlager, the principal, the, um, uh, the school board. Uh, was very supportive with everything that we did. They actually they attended a lot of the events that we did, and that even went down so far as the mayor Kathy too. It just uh, when when everybody is there's no agendas. Everybody wants the same thing. It I mean it really was a great year from an operation standpoint. Things went very well last year. So talking about all the different things that go on, and you said how people have been doing them for a long time. A lot of things kind of almost run themselves because people have been doing it over and over, you know, for decades. Uh, how many of these different events uh, were you, I, I don't want to say unaware of, but were things that you weren't a part of prior to? And when you became president, it kind of just, it was, it was an ease of mind that these things already take care of themselves. Well, so I was a, a vice president for four years. And as, as a vice president, they, they, they put you in a number of different projects. So nothing kind of hits you out of the clear blue. So, um, I was familiar with pretty much everything that the club had done. Uh, so nothing really caught me by surprise other than um, <laughs> there's a couple of things that were, that were kind of strange. Um, after a game, people would congratulate me on a win and I didn't do anything <laughs> and I didn't expect that. And, you know, so, so that was kind of interesting. I got a lot of questions about uh, why a certain person was playing a position and why a certain play wasn't called, and I'm like, like, listen, I, you're asking the wrong person. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the fundraising guy. Like, I'm not, I'm not making the game plans. I'm not a coach. I'm not part of the team. I'm just, I mean, the, the role of the, of the president is supposed to be a representative of the community to the football program. But I don't make any decisions on that stuff. That was very strange to me, for sure. Um, but you know, beyond that, I, I think. The enthusiasm this past year going into pe- people knew it was going to be a, a pretty good year. Um, I, I think sometimes we take for granted how involved people want to be and how connected they want to be to the program. But I, I literally had people almost every single day. Hey, what do you need? I want to help. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do that. What can I do? It was almost overwhelming. So do you need people, like more people to be involved in the program, and how would they get involved if they want to? Yes, we, we absolutely need more people. Uh, you know, all the things that we do, it does take a, a tremendous amount of manpower. And, you know, I, I just turned 40 years old this past year. I am the, I am the youngest senior board member by 10 years. So, you know, I mentioned that we have a, a lot of people who have been doing, you know, work in the club, doing the same things for, for you know, years, if not decades. That's a blessing and a curse. We have a lot of experience, but we also have some people that honestly just need a break. Um, there's a lot of people that were former players or former coaches in some cases or just volunteers 
who graduated in, in the 60s and even in the 70s. And if you look at that amount of members of our club versus people who maybe went to school in the 80s or 90s or even 2000s, it's very much tilted to the older generation. So, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good, but we can always use new, enthusiastic, younger members because, you know, for all of us, this thing has been around since well before any of us were born. And we have a responsibility to make sure it's still around years after we're gone too. And the only way that happens is we need new and younger people to, to join up and come be a part of this thing. And it's a lot of fun. And I'd say if anybody is ever interested in doing this, um, probably the best thing to do is you can reach out to us on our, on our website. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page or just come to a meeting. I mean, Coach Moore runs a really, really good meeting each week. You get a chance to ask him some questions about the previous game. He's very thorough about going over uh, this week's this week's uh, the past week's opponent, the new week new week's opponents coming up, and just kind of gets you more involved in, in Tiger football. And I say start with that, and you know uh, anybody can pull you aside and give you a list of of, of events coming up, uh, things that you can volunteer for. And I'd suggest anybody just you know express interest in something, in something that you like or sounds fun to you, and just let us know and show up. That's how most of people. That's how most of us that got involved with the club has started with that. Somebody that we knew that was in the club and said, "Hey, come check this out. You know, come collect parking money and then go see Steubenville play at our at our place when the, when the game's over." It starts with that, and you know, you can't help if you love Tiger football, talking about football with a bunch of people and a bunch of volunteers that are here volunteering because we love Tiger football, and it usually starts with that. Yeah, I mean, a couple points off of that. Uh, I mean, I I believe. I remember correctly, the Booster Club started back with Paul Brown. Is that right? They, they needed Correct. help yeah. transporting kids and getting kids food yes. back then. Uh, I mean, it's it's come a long way since then. But I mean, it kind of ties together about you know how long this has been going on, and you know it's definitely a time for you know fresh faces to kind of step up and keep the tradition going. Uh, I mean, with that, uh, when I first started, I mean, this was before you know, kind of like you, you just got asked to do something one day, you know, right. and. I was still in high school when they asked some of the players if they would help with parking. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll help do some parking. You know, no big deal. Ended up being really fun, you know, a, you know, fun, simple project. You got to talk to Booster Club members. And, you know, from there, I started doing the signs, you know, the signs that are in all the businesses across town. And uh, one day I just randomly got asked to sign a piece of paper. And I was like, what, what is this piece of paper? And they're like, oh, you're going to be a part of the Booster Club. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I never really even thought about it. I mean, I remember what it was like when I played, but I never really thought of myself as being a part of it. And, uh, you know, after that, you see all the different things that are going on and all the different things that you want to be a part of. And, I mean, there's so many different events that go on. And you, you need help for a lot of them. And most of the time, it's something simple, something easy, something fun. You know, why wouldn't you want to do it? Uh, so, I mean, tying into all of those different events that are going on and people that things that people can help with you know what do we have coming up i know the whole point of this was to advertise the membership drive and we're going to definitely going to get to that but besides that uh, you know what other events does the boost club put on well throughout the year I'll, I'll start with what's already taken place so far this year um so typically, the the beginning of the off season for the booster club starts with, with the with the liftathon, and it's usually held somewhere maybe March April, depending on how the calendar falls for the coaching staff. Uh, following that is is the uh, the spring kickoff, which has had a couple of different formats, but we've been fortunate enough uh, since Coach Moore has been the head coach 
Uh, he's got some really, really good contacts in the coaching community. We've had some unbelievable guests. You know, we had Mike Leach this past year. We've had Urban Meyer a couple times, Nick Saban, uh, Mike, Mark D'Antonio uh, one year. Uh, following that, typically we have our uh, discount card drive, and then uh, that's usually uh, May, sometimes early summer, depending again how the, how the calendar falls. Um, we do help the team uh, with some financial support for the camps that they want to attend. Um, a lot of boosters go to that. I mean, you know, just drive on around. Like we're going to we did Pittsburgh last year. I believe they were in Cincinnati this past uh, this past weekend. I think Akron is coming up this uh, this coming Saturday. Um, so that's not necessarily a booster club event, but a lot of our a lot of our members will go and just you know just want to watch some football. So they'll they'll, they'll go. Uh, but coming up the next the next couple of big things coming up is we have um, the membership drive is coming up on the 29th, which is a Saturday. Uh, we had this idea last year that we're going to continue this year where um, uh, it's always been a tradition where players will, will go out into the community and sell in neighborhoods and sell in some businesses. We're going to try to find a ma- way to make it work with you know the construction going on downtown. Um, last year, which was kind of a kind of a fun thing, we took the Tiger Head Tunnel out uh, to the parking lot next, next to KFC. And also anybody who bought a uh, $100 Booster Club membership uh, got the ring, the victory bill. And so we're pretty pumped. We got the bill back again this year, so we're going to try to get that done again. So that's coming up on Saturday. But, uh, you know, the club is trying to reach out to members that live out of the area, too, because not everybody that's a Tiger fan lives in town anymore like they used to 30, 40 years ago. So over time, we've expanded, um, you know, our Facebook page and our uh, website has been revamped over, over the years. And now uh, people can now purchase memberships online, even if you live out of state. So I want to say we had north of 250 memberships that were purchased outside of Ohio. Um, We had a membership sold to a guy in Japan, uh, one sold to a guy in India. Um, This kind of coincided with the school doing the the live stream of the games. Uh, I want to say at at the most we had 17 countries watching the live stream, I, I, I want to say. It was something crazy, some crazy number. But we had people that, I mean, if you, the guy in India, we reached out to him. We actually found him online. We, we reached out to him. And that guy was getting up, I want to say, like like four or f- like – it was like like the opposite of us. So it's like four in the morning he's getting up to watch a high school football game in India. <laughs> so uh, it's the, – the Booster Club membership drive is by far the biggest fundraiser we have throughout the year. So that's, that's coming up on the 29th. I think the golf outing is set for August the 10th. Um, and then we have the um, the U- oh, I forgot the youth camp uh, put on by Gary on Conley. It's going to be in the David Indoor. That's June 3rd, uh, June 23rd coming up at, at 3 p.m. It's free and open to the public. Uh, this is one thing I don't know if a lot of people, unless you're on social media, really uh, know about. But this is now the second year, I believe. That Garyon has come back to town to put on a free camp just for the kids in, in town, and that's a really really cool thing because it's only been a couple years since he's been from mm-hmm. playing here. A lot of the kids even remember him in some cases, and seeing a guy who's you know in the middle of a pro career spending his weekend to come back here and do that is really kind of a cool thing. Yeah, it um, you know he was uh, my same class, and it's just kind of surreal seeing a guy I played football with. Granted, I was mostly watching him from the bench, but still uh, seeing a guy I played football with playing the NFL now. Yeah, that's, that's something unbelievable. And we've been pretty fortunate to have some more guys like that in the past that have come back and done that. So it's uh, it's good to see him kind of carrying that tradition too. Uh, during the car show, we, we will have a, a booth set up uh, uh, downtown again. 
And then as the season kind of gets closer, we have the uh, the kickoff rally um, at Duncan Plaza. Uh, obviously, the this, this season does what it what it does, and we have our, our public meetings throughout the season. Uh, the Booster Club is responsible to put on the Beat McKinley Parade. Uh, we set up after uh, after our series of playoff wins every year, including this year coming up. We uh, set it up with the mayor downtown for everybody to go down there and have a good time. And um, we're all hoping soon it'll be a victory parade to plan. So, and then we always finish the season with uh, we always have our uh, year end banquet that's held that's held. So, and that's uh, you know for for public events that pretty much. Uh, is the is a full calendar. So talking about this membership drive, one of one of the biggest you know fundraisers for the booster club of the year. Uh, the kids are going to be going out throughout town, and uh, they're going to be escorted by booster club members. If, if I'm right, uh, I know one thing that we we've had an issue with in the past was having enough of the booster club members to show up to drive some of the kids. I mean, is is that still an issue? And uh, I mean, how far spread out are these kids going? If somebody just wants to come on that day and find a kid to buy a membership from, where would you be able to find them? Uh, I think the best thing for that would be to, to send us a message to the Facebook page and we can link you up with somebody in particular. Um, we had several people to say, said, hey, can so-and-so just swing by my house? I, 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 he's my favorite player. I'd like to buy a membership from him. And a couple of times we set it up, it worked, it worked out pretty well. Um, once we get situated with where we're going to be able to put the, the Tiger Head Tunnel again, as long as we can do it, it's probably going to be the, the place you'd want to go. Um, I will say, yeah, we definitely we could always use more drivers for that. We can always use more involvement. Um, this past year, we worked a lot with the uh, the Tiger Moms. Uh, Kelly Williams was the, uh, the the lead Tiger Mom, if you want to call it that, last year, and she was a great lady. We we worked together very very well. And uh, that organization in general really supported us a lot, and we tried to support them you know, back as, as much as we could too. And this year, Brenda Pedro is the uh, is, a, is a head tiger mom, and so they're going to be involved with a lot of stuff that we're doing, and, and vice versa too. So, um, you know, we and to be honest with you, nowadays a, a lot of the kids that are 18 have their own car and they drive too. So it's not been an issue, but. You know, we could always use more volunteers for that that type of a thing too. Um, but in, you know, for the most part. We, we send we, we, we take the kids to a lot of the businesses that support us th- throughout the year too. So like Cameo Grill, for example, if we have a couple kids go down there the day of the drive, everybody in that place is a Tiger fan. They all get it. They, they always do very, very well there. A lot of our sponsors we have uh, for the club and just that, that donate food, you know, money, whatever throughout the year. We always try to make sure we take care of them. But in all honesty, um, probably the best thing that uh, – that our kids do is when they go into a, a random massive neighborhood, they have their jersey on. I can't tell you how excited that the community feels when they see, you know, 16 year old football player walk up the door saying, Hey, would you support me? And they say, yes. And that's probably the, the source of probably our most you know, membership sold. And uh, probably the way that, uh, you know, keeps the community as tied in, you know, to, to the program as, as we can, they see them face to face. Talking more about uh, the online memberships for people that aren't able to be around here, uh, where can they find that online? Okay, so first of all, uh, we have memberships in uh, in a handful of categories. A standard general membership is $10. Uh, with that, you get your membership card and a number, and you get your OB pin. Um, then there are, you can purchase for $25 a bronze membership, 
for $50 a, uh, a silver membership and for $100 a gold membership. And with those three levels, you also are included in the program and recognized you know, by name for your support. And then for businesses around town, you also can purchase a $200 corporate membership also. Uh, corporate membership also comes with a plaque uh, with the plates that designate uh, uh, year by year, how many years in a row that you've been uh, a corporate member. So if you go to Eastside Krause's, for example, they've got like three plates up. They've, they've been members for years. Um, one thing as a club I had to say we're pretty proud of is El Campesino in Perry Township has been a member for years too. And every time we go in there, we always make sure to mention, thank you for being a Maslin Tiger <laughs> You know, corporate member in Perry Township is very satisfying. Um, so they get that too, and then you know, technically, for, as a, as a donation, as a business, it's a tax write off too. So, um, but if anybody would like some more information about that, uh, you can visit the uh, MasslinTigers.com has all the information. And we are starting to get into the tech age just a little bit as a club. Uh, you can buy a membership online. Uh, we do accept credit cards nowadays through PayPal. So we're you know we're we're coming into the 21st century and all that. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, we have a membership committee that will make sure that your uh, that you your pin and your card and your plaque, if it comes about, uh, is, uh, is is sent to you. All right. So talking more about uh, the tech side of things nowadays, uh, I've heard you say some things in the past about the Facebook page in particular. Yes. And uh, different posts throughout the year. Uh, what caught you off guard the most or what was one of the biggest viewed things or was there anything amazing that you've seen or heard of about social media yes 100 percent. i have a i have two stories in particular um i believe it was saturday morning after lewisville i'm watching college game day and um for anybody who watches college football, that was the first time that game day, I think, had ever gone to Washington State. And if you know the history of that show, there is a fan of Washington State that took his flag to like every game day show for yeah. years and years and years. So it was a big deal for them. Huge crowd. I'm just kind of – I'm on the phone. I'm just kind of having a general conversation. I have this thing on in the background. And I look, and there's this bright fluorescent orange sign. And it says, War of 1894 – Go Tigers, beat McKinley. And I go, holy crap. And I hit pause on the DVR, and I, I, I tell the person I'm talking to, I have to go. I yell in. I, I'm like, honey, you got to come see. I yell, get my wife in the room. And I'm like, am I reading this right? And and we and we had a pause, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, there's a mass on person in a sea of Washington State people holding up a sign. So I take my phone and I took a shot of this thing. And I was just blown away because it was, that's, you know, obviously the start of McKinley Week and all that. So I put that post on our Facebook page, and it just went crazy. I mean, we had messages and um, you know, comments and people sharing it, and people liking it, and I, I want to say that that one particular post got something close to like thirty or forty thousand views. And so the way social media works nowadays, you know. We're like, who is this guy? Like, we got to find out who this guy is. And so, you know, it, it just turns out that, you know, somebody who shared it with somebody who shared it with somebody got back to, like, the guy. And so I shot him a message on Facebook. I'm like, hey, listen, can I call you? Can I, I kind of want to figure out, like, what this thing, like, like how this all came about. So the guy gave me his phone number, so I called this guy. And uh, the, 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 the gentleman... And I don't want to use his name on a thing like this, but the, the gentleman is is not even from Maslin, never lived in Maslin. His grandpa was from here, moved to Arizona, um, 
converted his dad to a Maslin fan. So when he grew up in Arizona, their basement was full of Maslin Tiger stuff, even though the guy had never been to Ohio. I mean, other than to visit some family, never never been to a game, doesn't didn't go to school here or whatnot. So he made so then years later he he you know moves to Washington State and just thought it'd be a cool idea to go to game day with a Maslin Tiger sign. And for him to do that, if you think about how this thing worked, it, not, game day starts at 9 a.m. on the East Coast. So it's 6 a.m. in Washington State. He got there at 9 p.m. the night before and camped out overnight to hold up a sign that says, Go Tigers beat McKinley. That blew my mind. I mean, we've seen some stuff as Tiger mm-hmm. fans for sure. But for a guy just through social media to be able to like create that kind of a buzz was was really, really cool. And, and, the, and the second thing to answer your question um, – the uh, filming the 15 push-ups each week uh, seemed to get a lot of buzz from a lot of people. Everybody enjoyed watching that. But I, w- I want to say that the the single uh, piece of content we put out that got the most traffic all year was when we had beat Winton Woods to go to the state title game. Um, I happened to be on the field, and I got a chance to get video of the of the team, you know, arm in arm, singing towards the crowd, the alma mater, and just seeing huge fan base that we had and that moment with the with the alma mater playing really touched a lot of people that that that, we we still get views on that to this day people just kind of wanting to relive that that was a really 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 cool moment yeah it's always interesting hearing a different perspective from people you know outside of maslin outside of ohio you know talk about maslin uh i mean one of the things that we were talking about specifically today and in our group text was the East St. Louis game. And, you know, we played two out of state teams, three out of state teams last year. Two and a half out of state teams. But go ahead. (laughs) We have a, we have a couple more uh, this year (laughs) as well. Uh, Did you have any firsthand experience with these teams? I mean, we were specifically talking about East St. Louis and I just imagined besides them losing, it had to be an amazing experience for them to come here. Well, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they came from what I saw pregame. You know, the the Booster Club president has a privilege of being on the field and on the sidelines and all that. So you, you hear stuff and pick up on stuff that, you know, in, in the stands, you know, before and after. I'll, I'll never, I'll never experience again. So they came in knowing they were good, knowing they were a juggernaut, and they embraced it. I mean, you could tell, you could tell when they when they got here, they were looking around the stadium. I mean, every team does. It's just so much different than what a lot of schools ever see. So you definitely see him kind of looking around and all that, um, you know. But they came in thinking that you know we're going to make a name for ourselves again by beating a premier program like us. And so it was. I, I can't tell you that that they came in, saw our stadium, and it had some kind of intimidating effect. I don't think it did. They came ready to roll. Which, by the way, they played you know the whole game, especially the first half. Clearly, they were they were ready to go. Um, I can tell you they were really not happy when that game was over. They didn't expect to lose, but mm-hmm. I mean they were good. They were really good, but our guys just kept coming and coming and coming, and you know, it just we just we get, we we just won. We just got out of it with a win. That's all it was. As opposed to some other teams that maybe kind of saw this as more of a vacation and just kind of. <laughs> can, can I can I talk a, about that game? The the one on one. You got the mic, definitely. All Let's right, hear it. So. I saw a lot of really cool stuff throughout the entire season, but that week in particular was like is like in my memories like my favorite week of the entire year, 
because, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get with an out-of-state team. We thought Montclair was going to be pretty good, and then we, we beat him pretty handily. We thought St. Louis was going to be really good, and they were, and and we and we obviously won that. But he, um, Sun Valley, I think, was a playoff team the year before. They were, yeah. And you never right, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, and you know, we learned pretty early on that they really weren't that good at all. And and which which is okay. It's it's still high school kids playing mm-hmm. a sport, but they really didn't try all that much either. So when that last touchdown went on the board, and it's one on one. You know, it looks really bad. But the truth is, the weather that day was awful. It rained the entire game. When that game was over, I mean, first of all, once halftime cleared out, we actually had, the Booster Club had a, a recognition for all the businesses around town that um, donated money or donated food for the summer meal program. And half of, half of those people didn't show up because the weather was so bad. We canceled the actual presentation because nobody wanted to go on the field and get rained on. So the stands were empty for the entire second half. And by the, t- by the time the game was over, there was maybe 2,000 people left in the stadium. But when people saw a score of 101, all these people out of freaking <laughs> nowhere that weren't there all have an opinion about stuff. And I think, you know, when the, when the thing was over and you see the score on his face, you go, oh, that's kind of bad the way it looks. And so I think all the mass of people were kind of like, oh, I, mean, I mean, we played really well, but we'll kind of lay low and whatever. And, like, the negative stuff just kept coming and coming. And, you know... Uh, I, I I run our pages, uh, our Facebook page for the Booster Club, and it was the entire weekend, you know, editing and deleting comments that just, I mean, they would not stop for day after day. And it started with all of our fans being like, well, uh, you know, it, it was kind of lay low for like Saturday and Sunday, and then, <laughs> you know, like, like Monday it's still coming. And I think there was a, a really nice article in the paper by Joe Scalzo from the Repository, who again – wasn't there and yeah. had talked to the mass reporter from the independent who was there and pretty much said, well, that's cool. He said that, but I don't believe it kind of thing that by the time we got to like Tuesday and Wednesday of the Louisville week, you could just feel the vibe around town. Just kind of show for people that were kind of like, yeah, we'll lay low. It's like, you know what? Screw us. All the people that hate us, hate us anyway. Yeah. And we don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. So by the time we got to Louisville, we knew that game was going to be for them a really, really big game. They had to beat Masson shirts. You know, the whole idea about this being the new Stark County rivalry kind of thing going on. And when those when those kids made the, made the decision, <laughs> for whatever reason, that they thought it was a good idea to come all the way down the field and get in our, our kids' faces. I mean, it was like you threw a match on a on a lake of gasoline. Man, the whole thing just went went berserk, and that was that was my favorite memory from the entire season was just that one week because of just how we we reacted to that, and I got to see it from the coaches and other fans, and it was just awesome. And and that and from there, that kind of propelled us kind of in the playoffs with an attitude of we're just taking down everybody, and it was it was pretty pretty cool to see that. Yeah, we definitely got a lot of attention after that uh, Sun Valley game. <laughs> yeah, I remember at one point Hank and I were going back and forth with a news reporter from Pennsylvania, who, by the way, was not at the game. It's he amazing is, how that works out. Yeah, so many opinions from people that weren't at the game. Yeah, a lot of his comments back to us were, "Well, I heard from exactly that's what this this happened. I heard you guys ran a trick play kickoff return. Okay, well, were right. you at the game? Did you watch the footage? No. Okay, but yeah. besides the point, you know, we heard a lot of that all week, and like you said, it did build up. And I, I remember us going into the Louisville game, and we were all so kind and nice and appreciative to Louisville. 
that they were willing to play us when a lot of other teams won't play exactly. us. We were like very respectful that, hey, they're going to play us. That's amazing. No one else wants to play us. Good for you, Louisville. And then they started that pregame stuff, and it's like, wow, you, uh, that's that's not good. If you if <laughs> you want good. if you want proof that people outside of our city just really can't stand us, there is actually a video of that from Q ninety two the radio station mm-hmm. from the Louisville sideline of of it's a video of the entire of the entire thing, and all the comments are. Look how classless Maslin is. Yeah. Look how much poor sport. And like our kids are just standing there in our end zone, yeah. yes. in an end zone the whole time. They yes. went it's, 100 it's yards crazy. to meet us. And I, I, I okay. Now we've gone over this a hundred times. Yeah, we, but yes. we've been. Doing I mean, definitely. I'm sure from your perspective, you had to read all of that kind of stuff. Uh, see all the stuff on social media. I mean, they uh, want to say rivalry's back on. Renew the contract. Yeah, renew the contract. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely a lot of stuff. But, I mean, talking about different perspectives from other teams, uh, this was another discussion that we had at one point. Obviously, the state championship game didn't go the way that it we wanted it to go. But I just remember seeing things online, you know, uh, Max Preps, USA Today, stuff like that, posting things from the game about how amazing the Maslin fans were, especially the one video that showed sure. the entire Maslin side. Uh, but I remember reading comments from Hoban fans talking about how they were surprised, like they were amazed to see that kind of support from a community. Uh, I mean, was there anything that you heard, you know, not just from Hoban, from, but from any different team or outside perspective about Maslin last year? That week for me, I think for a lot of people in town, I didn't, I didn't care about anything going on that week other than what do we got to do to win this game? And so, yeah, we got we got a lot of well wishes on our Facebook page and other things. A lot, of, I, I will say, a lot of support from McKinley people, which was very nice. A lot of support from uh, Steubenville people, uh, Warren people. That that kind of stuff is really, really like our old you know AAC folks. A lot of really good support from those those guys, which was which is it's, it's nice to see. It was. Um, that week was miserable for me. <laughs> like it's so hard. I mean, you know, because I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm close enough where I'm seeing what's going on, but I don't have a role where I can do anything to affect it. I can't, I can't, I don't watch a film, I coaching anybody. I'm just kind of like around. And so like time just, just drug on and on. Um, but there's a couple things even from there that I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take with me. Um, even with Jameer going down the week before there was never uh, never a word uttered from anybody about any any type of excuse about that. It was, I mean, next man up, and that's a cliche a lot of times. And the same thing happened when Catrone um, uh, came in against um, uh, Whitehall. I mean, you can say next man up, and then it's actually having to go out and do it. And that kid stepped up big time and did it. And so that attitude carried on to that week also. And so you, you, and it, it wasn't just lip service too. It there was nothing that said we're doing anything other than whatever we have to do to, to, to go out and get this thing done the entire week. Um, but, man, you go into that stadium, and of all the state title games, that was the one. It was the heavyweight fight. And you could feel it. You know, before the game, people might not have seen this if you come to the game later, but uh, the OHSAA before the uh, um, the, the the game start, they have all of their pictures in the stadium with their administration, that kind of stuff. And even from those folks, 
they knew that this this was the big one. And you had scouts from all over the place. I mean, all these uh, college scouts. I mean, lining the field. Every single school had a had a person there. Like it was just the atmosphere leading up to that thing was just. I mean, it was. It felt just different. Even versus the McKinley game, it was just different. From my perspective, you know, the team warms up. We go in the, go in the locker room and we come back out. And, and when we went in, stadium was about halfway full. We come out and I look up and, you know, it it was like wow. I mean, every seat. Orange and black. It looked like a wall of Maslin. It was awesome. Yeah, they were all at our tailgate. That's why they got in late. Well, yeah. I, you yeah. guys got to work on that a little bit. No, <laughs> no, it was good. But that that was it. Was like man, you know, because I remember, you know, it, 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 it was rough for some people being in that game on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. came in from out of town. You had to make a lot of you know arrangements to get there. I mean, it wasn't like it was just some easy thing. But that thing, it looked like it was imposing to look at that. It was really, really cool, and the you know, I don't want to go into the game too much. It just, it just, it, it was what it was. We, it, you know, a, a, mo- a moment that I will, I will remember for the rest of my life is, you know, I, uh, where I would stand on the sideline is right at the end of the coaching box, and you know, Troxler walks up and down the field sixteen thousand times throughout <laughs> the course of the game, but I remember him um, when uh, we hit the the pass to Adric Ford. Mm-hmm. I remember him calling the play, and I heard enough plays being called. I knew what they were running, and I went, "Oh my God, we're going deep!" And when that ball was caught, I mean, from the field, the explosion from that crowd was something that I will carry with me forever. It was awesome. And there's about a five minute stretch from when that pass happened until we kicked off and started playing again, where that was as exciting of a stadium as I think I've ever been in, in my entire life. I mean, it was awesome. And, you know, there were so many people, you could feel it. This is our destiny. We're going to get it done. I mean, and clear, I mean, obviously, the Hoban people knew it too, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. they had to run a fake punt to win that game. They knew we get that ball back and this thing is over. And it didn't work out that way. But, but that, that was something that, man, I, I will, I remember that so vividly. And I, I don't hope I'll never le- lose that memory because it was awesome. And then, it, you know, in, in a different way. Going downtown, going downtown after the game was was very difficult. And you know, as as a president, I got to set that thing up. And the way it was, you know, the way it's supposed to go is no matter what the outcome is, you go downtown. And 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 I speak, the mayor speaks, and the, and the coach speaks. And you know, I'm on the bus driving from Canton to Madison, going like like, what am I going to possibly say? I mean, what are you, what are you going to say? I mean, you know. The, the the kids the kids are crushed the the kids on the, the one thing that really was a little I don't want to say bothersome but the kids felt like they let everybody down and that was hard to to hear them and see them feel that way because I mean they don't let anybody down that season was awesome last year and I tried to explain to a couple of the kids like the way that stadium looked during that game like there's nobody let down man that that stadium and that crowd was a tribute to them and how hard they worked and they deserved to have that experience for themselves because of what they did. So having to go down there and, and you know, our fans are so awesome, always being, you know, supportive of that kind of stuff. And that was a very, very tough moment. But I tried to say what I really felt was, you know, it, you know we're everybody was disappointed, but we're not disappointed in them. And, you know, we're going to look back years down the road and, and this season or that season rewrote the record books. It will, I mean, massive football's record books will forever look different because of what those guys did this past year. It was tough. It wasn't what we wanted, but, you know, 
it, you still, it, it's, I feel like we got to the point in our program where, you know, it, it has been so long since we won a state championship that it's, the goal is always a state championship, but I think our program has changed where now it's like, you know, we're, we're just working towards something that we will never, ever, ever stop working towards until we get it. And then once we get it, we're going to get it again and again and again and again. And that's kind of, that's kind of where we are. And that, you know, and, and that's the kind of, that's kind of bringing things full circle. That's why I'm in the booster club. That's why, even though my presidency is now over, I'm going to stay in the booster club and I'll be doing this forever because this is how I was raised. This is what we do. And what our neighbors and our other schools will just never understand about us is that it's not a school pride thing, man. This is, this is our life. This is what we do. So every year, you know, spring kickoff, booster club membership drive, you know, camp days, scrimmages, and football. That's what we do. That's Tiger Pride right there. And, you know, I remember sitting in the stands right after Adrian caught that touchdown I was having a conversation with myself, like, are we really going to do this right now? Is this really going to happen? And I was talking myself into it. I, you know, with the rest of us, heartbreak, whatever. And like you said, you know, it's not a disappointment from the kids. That was a fun season. The East St. Louis game was the best athletic competition event I have been to bar none. Like end of statement there, you know it. Like you said, it rewrote the record books. And if you look at the attendance for the divisions, D one state oh, championship like six thousand. Yeah, wouldn't even close. D two sixteen thousand. D three six. D four five. D you know you, you rattle it down. One of these things is not like the other. Right. It's you know mass and football. We're a little bit different here. We thought we had it. It's what happened. Happened. You know, there's there's two things I hope that that, are, that carry on from this past season going forward. And one's the, the the biggest thing was you know the goal for what last year was supposed to be was very clear early on, and and even though it didn't happen, I I hope what the players take away from it is you know when you have one singular thing you want to accomplish and you work at it for an entire year, and you give absolutely everything you have to be able to, to get it done. And if it doesn't happen, I know you're disappointed, but it doesn't it doesn't diminish anything that you actually did accomplish, which was a lot. And I feel like if you had a goal like that, and I mean, nobody can look back and say that that everybody didn't do everything they could to get it done. It just didn't happen. You could live with that. So that's that's the first thing. The second part is I I, I this is I cannot say this enough. I say, I tell this to anybody, any chance I get, whenever I can. You know, we ha- we as a community have not always had things where everybody was on the same page working in, in in the same way between even amongst the coaching staff and the parents and the school administration and the school board and the city and the booster club to be fr- to be frank about things o- over over the course of time but i believe that this past year and i hope this continue I, I think it shows everybody when we all work together for this one thing that all of us love so much and, and, and egos aside, and we have one singular focus, how good we can be as a community. And that's just not a football statement. That's an everything statement. Then the ACT thing that Coach Moore and Beckenmore put together was a huge part about that. I think um, the encouragement of football players to do other sports like wrestling and basketball and track is part of that too. It's about the, the, the GPA stuff. It's about the huge emphasis on getting our, our students into in college too. All that stuff all works together. 
And if all of us at, at all levels, no matter what our involvement is, all work towards the same thing, this is one hell of a town. But it takes work to do all of it. So I hope that sticks because I really feel like we have it big time right now. We got we to gotta work at it because it's not going to stay the same way if we don't work at it. But if we do, man, we got some good stuff coming, including a state championship. Wow. Well, uh, there's, there's definitely a reason why we waited so long to bring you on the show, Ben. You, you keep showing us up like that. Look, like, I, I get it, guys. Like, <laughs> like What we're doing with this is we're setting the floor on listenership. Yeah. I must be honest. I mean, anybody who's new to the podcast is going to see all the available episodes, <laughs> and they're going to see Coach Moore, Coach Major, Coach Trox, you know, Co- Coach Studer, and they're going to go through all the coaches and get to Booster Club president. <laughs> and let's be honest, we know who's going to be – I mean – they might listen to this, but they're going to listen to everybody else. So oh, yeah. we're setting the floor. So it's all up from here, man. It's going to be good. <laughs> you're, you're definitely a great speaker, though. And that, that's why we included your one speech in uh, in our show last year. Uh, just All the speech. Yeah, we, we had to throw yeah. your speech in there because uh, you are a great speaker. And, uh, you know, it comes off very natural for you. And, you know, Hank and I have to, you know, no one will know because we edited it, but we have to take a break every 20 seconds to think of what we want to say. Uh, so with that, we're, we're just going to roll right into our rapid-fire questions, and hopefully we're not going to give you any breaks to think, and you won't sound so good. But a hot like, dog is not a sandwich, all right, for listen. the record. It, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's coming or not. Slander that's not a sandwich. It's a ridiculous Slander. question. The hot dog is not a sandwich. It is a subcategory yes. of a sandwich. A sandwich is a sacred item to a man, and a hot dog is not a sandwich. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you better than Oscar Meyer? Yeah. Because they yeah. came out and said it yeah. was. Yeah, they, they said it know, was. That's, well, that's, a hot dog is... It's a piece of meat propaganda. surrounded by two pieces of bread. That's a sandwich. Propaganda. Hot dog. That's a bread. It's a subcategory of a sandwich. It's like saying a jet yeah, ski. He was prepared for that. It's one. like saying a jet ski is a boat. It's not. It's just not. It's a smaller boat. It's not. It's a jet ski. It's his own thing. Oh, personal watercraft. There you Jim, go. Jim, Stop you don't talking. have a mic. Yeah, Stop talking. Stop it. Don't help. Off mic guy with, yeah. with, with, Jim with needs the wind. Jim to help us. Don't help him. Yeah. I'm All dying right. on this hill. He was expecting that one. Okay. Hit him with something he's not expecting. All right. Off rip? Off rip. Something else. Favorite conspiracy theory? Oh, okay, this is good. The the flat earth people kill me. I love it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I think those people are ridiculous. All right. But I cannot believe the flat earth thing is like caught on as much as, I mean, how can people be so stupid? The earth is clearly <laughs> round. It's so dumb. You're right. Yes. How could they be so stupid? It's clearly a parallelogram sitting on 12 diamonds. There's video from space of the rotating spherical Earth. Video. It's a flat video. It's a flat video. You know what? Okay, <laughs> I, I've actually had this idea. I'm talking with, with some buddies. Yeah. You know it would be a hell of an awesome uh, show? Let's hear it. They need, they need a reality TV show of flat Earth people mm-hmm. searching for the end of the Earth. With like a like a, like a million dollars to the winner who finds the end of the earth, I would watch and DVR every episode. It'd be hilarious. I think Christopher Columbus did that. Yeah. <laughs> also, besides the million dollar idea, go to YouTube, <laughs> type in flat earth conspiracy. Theory. Listen, just because a person like sits on a beach and with their iPhone <laughs> takes a video of a canoe like like on the on the horizon, that does not mean the earth is flat. <laughs> oh man, that's like. You're just kind of dipping your toes in the water. Are, are you a, are you a flat earther? No, no. Okay, no, no, no. Are you are you are, aren't you? No. That totally changes my <laughs> opinion of this whole podcast. No, if you. <laughs> but I mean, I can make the argument for it if a gun. No, you head. can't. Science, science, like I debunks really all those arguments. Go, I'm not even a science person, man. Go up in a plane and wait for it to bank, and look at the water in your hand. It stays flat. Look at that. Just Come on, that. are you really going there? 
I'm just trying to make an argument. I, you put me on the seal. I have to die there now. <laughs> that's bad. That's it's just yeah. It's I, for the record, not a flat earther. Moving on. <laughs> I, I just pose one question about that. Yes. Do you agree that the sun is a sphere? Is, is the sun a sphere? Is, is the moon a sphere? They're stars. Well, the sun's a star. Well, what's, what's, a what's their shape? Are they are they a sphere? Is Mars a sphere? <laughs> how how could it be to all these people that every single planet in our solar system is a ball, except for our own planet, which is flat? Hashtag gravity. Okay, next question. That's messing with that's, me now. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. That's how gravity works. That, that. Basic, I, I learned that in AP Physics, and I... <laughs> Didn't really do that well on that subject. So. Besides that, I yeah. I would Shout I would out. really like to know who <laughs> actually killed. Durbin. I'd like to know who killed JFK. Just kidding aside, if there is truly a conspiracy, that'd he's be kind of fun he's buried know. out in the hills of Terra Lingua. Okay, still, still got the shovel. shovel. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch more movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talking about that, who plays you in a movie? Oh man. Who I think should play me? Yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken. I love that dude. I mean, you talk very fluently. He stops every five seconds. Yeah, I wish I could talk like that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Is that All the right. only reason? Because he talks cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Um. So you win the lottery. What's the first thing you buy? A Never bre- thought about this. A brewery. A I want to own a brewery, a beer okay. brewery. All right. I mean, think about being able to make, like, have like a professional like brewer come in and make all of your beer at all times, like yeah. at your house. I mean, we've done that. Yeah. But by no means is a professional. No. Yeah, I have too. <laughs> it's 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 okay. It's not that great. But if I had a pro, yeah. oh, it'd be on, man. That would be, be good cool. stuff. Rob. Ah, oh, my turn. Okay. Yeah. This is rapid fire, right? It's yeah, it very, is. That's not very fast. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what was your first car? <laughs> a Chevy Cavalier. And I, in high school, delivered pizzas for Papa John's, and I shredded the roads of Mass and delivering pizzas. It was awesome. There you go. <laughs> yes. Two-door? Oh, yeah. Two-door Cavalier. Oh, yeah. Nice. But back in the day, I had, um, back when there were CDs and all that, I oh, had, yeah. like, the little thing you, like, like, like Velcroed onto your uh, center console. So CD player kind of hovered there, and you put, like, the little tape in your, in your <laughs> yeah. tape deck. And it would rock that thing out, man. It was sweet. Let me tell you, that Chevy Cavalier had a really crappy sound system. <laughs> <laughs> that, that catches yeah. you yeah. off guard. Yeah. Okay. How do you drink your coffee? Ooh. Well, first of all, all coffee is good coffee. I really like all espresso. Um, if I'm going standard coffee, yeah. this is going to get a little deep here. If I'm going standard coffee, okay. Okay. I, it's, um, my standard, yeah, I go like like a Splenda and maybe a little non-fat milk if, if I'm going to be choosy. I'm down with some almond milk. I do 2% if I got to. That, that stuff's all good. Um, lattes are, are, are all good. Cappuccino's all good. If I got access to a French press, that is the way to go. But drip coffee works too. How about that? You got more in depth. I'm thinking like <laughs> big coffee guy. Yeah, big, yeah. Co- big coffee. Ben guy. Lieberman. I'm in sales. Guy. I need coffee, so yeah, it, coffee. it goes right. hand in hand. I mean, black would have been an acceptable answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not to him. It's, it's not. not that no. simple. Not that simple. <laughs> Toppings on a pizza, and where? From where? He knew what I meant. Yeah, I, okay. I don't think all the listeners did. Well, they would have when he answered. Well, they do now. All right, so. 
I know I'm going to have some people fight me on this, okay? Yeah. Um, I am a, a veggie lover guy, and I do some sausage for sure. I'm not a huge pepperoni guy. That's all right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up on the east side. Yes, sir. But I'm a west side Krauss guy. Ooh, really? Yeah. For, first, listen. There's a difference. When, when wife and there I got married, first house that we got was west side Krauss. And listen, for the record, okay, Todd and Vizzy Cos- uh, Vicky Kozak, who own the east side Krauss, mm-hmm. are awesome to me personally as as a as booster guy. Do a lot for the program. I just kind of like west side Krauss, man. But but the best pizza in, in America Okay, is Chicago style deep dish from Giordano's, and I will fight anybody who disagrees. It is the best, and I want to hear it. It's the best. You know what we have to do? Taste test. Blind taste test. Yep. East side, west side, Krause's Pizza. Do you hear me? Throw down. We need to throw down. We do blind taste test. We'll we'll do it right here on the show. We'll gladly do it for a sponsorship. (laughs) Give us some pizza. We'll do it. Yeah. Now, I've these, always been, these guys have been talking sponsorship though for a while. Like, can we get these guys some food? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, do we have a we have a corporate booster club member out there that can give us hook these guys up with some food? A little bit of food, be nice. We gotta make this happen. They don't even want money, just food. <laughs> That's it. Please, maybe a shirt. That's about it. Well, yeah. I mean, whatever. We'll take anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a price. It, it is not high. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, if you could be in any TV show, what would it be? These are rapid fire, Benjamin. A TV show. Um. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man! I don't even. Um. He's like a uh, Christopher Walken over here. Can't answer very it quickly. No, I. <laughs> I don't really watch like like scripted TV shows all that much. So I, this is a hard question for me to answer. I would. Oh my goodness, man. Um. Oh, I know. Okay, I want to be the guy that actually finds something. In the Curse of Oak Island, Listen. finds anything. <laughs> the Curse of Oak Island. If I want to find lottery, something. That's what I'm doing. I've been talking about this for years. You build a wall around the entire island. Just dig it, and right? You dig it up. How hard is that? I don't get it. Listen, Canadian government. I don't care. We're building a wall. Someone someday is going to figure out what's down there. I spent three years of my life watching ridiculous. that show. It's a waste of time. Ridiculous. Don't tell me about some piece of wood. There's you something know, the, down the, there. The, the Knights Templar did not put a door a door handle no in the bottom of some mud pit. It, it's not find something or quit wasting my time. So that that's that's what I would do. I know the listeners heard Rob's reaction to that, but you couldn't see the visible pop he had. I've been this talking is, about this for years. Before the show came out, I talked about that place. It's ridiculous. All right. You knew about Huge Oak Island before the show. Into the Oak Island thing. We've Huge. had a we've had a solid forty five minute conversation like mm-hmm. two booster club meetings ago. Big Oak big Oak Island guy. It's yeah. ridiculous. Do you still watch it? Not really. It's a waste of time. They're never gonna find anything. Yeah. My yeah. dad like, let me know when you do. Yeah, my dad watches it. I'll like kinda catch it and glancing and it's like, Oh, nothing still? Got it. Super. Walk away. I would I wouldn't even care if it was empty. I just need to know. Because there's something down there. It could be an empty pit. I'd be okay with that. It's a big, haha, you got me. We searched 300 years trying to dig a hole. We finally got there and why? it's empty. You got me. But at least we know. Then why did the Knights Templar dig a big hole? Uh, Were ben, they the ones that did that? Ben, but did they? To answer your question, I am the exact type of human that would lay out an elaborate treasure map. Like, think, you know, back of the Declaration of Independence type treasure map to just 
it ends up with a note that says, jokes on you, LOL. I'd be fine with that. I just need to know, how is it that they did it 300 years ago, but now we can't? That's why there's nothing down there. Oh, my God. So I quit watching. There's nothing there. I can't stand that, boys. Moving on. Ridiculous. Moving on. (laughs) To you, Rob. Yeah, really got me going. (laughs) The Oak Oak Island got you going. It really got me going. I've been barking up that tree down that 300-foot hole for years. (laughs) Okay. Free trip to any country in the world tomorrow. Where are you going? Italy. Italy. I got a chance to, I got a chance to go to Rome and man, Rome is awesome, man. For everything. If you like history, that place is sweet. If you like food and clearly I do, it plays sweet. It's just it's a, it's a really really cool place. And I'd like to go to other other areas of the country too, but Italy's awesome. Maybe right. because of the food. But <laughs> yes. the pizza, the pizza is not as good as West Side Krause's. It's just, it's just, it's not. Is it as good as East Side Krause's? It's not. Okay. I'll, I'll give the East Side a nod on that for sure. Okay. I mean, Better like, than Italy. Just, just yeah. to, clar- to clarify. To clarify. We're talking like, like, if West Side is like 99, East Side is like 98.5. Okay. All I, right. That's all. Yeah. That's actually a lot closer than I've heard in most places. Or most people say. Are their pizzas yeah. a lot different in Italy? Like, is it a different style? Or... Well, because I've always yeah. heard that that American yeah. pizza is different than it, but I mean I've never been. I don't know. Well, there's no there's no Papa John's. Okay, so that's not, that you, you don't get that for sure. Um, so like it's like it's like it'd be like what we would consider to be like thin crust because they just like like just make a dough. Yeah, and then like they don't have pepperoni in Italy. It's like all the different cured meats like like uh, uh, prosciutto, sopressata, mm-hmm. like really cool stuff like that. So you can get pizzas with that. They do pizzas with like eggs on them and stuff. Uh, pizza with like mushrooms, but it's just it's just marketed different. It's it's still good. I mean, all pizza is good pizza. Yeah, but it's just a little different. But it's all the right. it's the wine, man. That's good. It's the wine. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even a wine guy. The wine's good. Hmm. All right, so, rounding this out here, we asked Coach Moore what sound a kangaroo makes. <laughs> forget, forget, I ain't doing it, man. No, no, I'm not no. gonna ask what sound a kangaroo makes. Okay, what sounds a komodo dragon make? <laughs> A Komodo dragon? Yes. It just does like the tongue thing, right? Like that does it, it make a sound? Yeah. Well, I would what's it make? So. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Man? I don't know. It's, that checks it. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't check out at all. It's just terrible. No, but that's it's a Komodo, Komodo dragon, dragon right man. Like, yeah. That's a call right there. So, all right. Oh, back to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't look at your so, script. I was throwing it to you to end it, but uh, all right, we can keep going. Oh, you put it. Okay, well, I'll go again. Uh, no, can't do that one. But by the way, if this can get on on the thing too, yeah. Um, I said like my favorite place to go would be like to go to Italy. Mm-hmm. I get a, I get a chance to go to Greece. All right, and I was very disappointed that there's no, because there's there's some fast food places in Europe too, like KFC's over there, McDonald's, yeah. Burger King. I really wanted to get an Arby's gyro mm. in Greece and, like, make a big deal about how authentic it was. Yeah. But there's no Arby's in Greece. I was kind of disappointed about that. That's a shame. That sucked. That's really heartbreaker right there. I was devastated. So is that how you say it, gyro? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> if you if you really want to mess your head up, 
like try to actually like like listen to Greek and understand it. It's really screwed up. So I don't know what they said. So you're saying they're saying it incorrectly. That's problematic. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So how do you think they say it? I just pointed and said that one. That one. That and that's one. what I got. That yeah. one. All right. Yeah. That one. But but if you've never had chicken Slovakia, yeah. oh my god, it's just chicken on a stick. It yeah. literally is just like like if you go to Athens, right? Mm-hmm. They literally have these little like 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 stores that are like I'm gonna call them gyro places, whatever. But like you can just go in there and you can order for like a dollar a chicken on a stick. That's it. Whole chicken? Chicken piece? Pieces of chicken on okay. a stick. And right. you wouldn't think anything of it, but I'm telling you, like, I love Chick-fil-A. Like, I, I come from the school of Chick-fil-A. It's, like, the greatest chicken, like, ever invented. Right. And this stuff would dominate Chick-fil-A. It was that good. And it's a dollar. So, hmm. if you're ever walking around Athens and you're hungry, get some chicken on a stick. Just to clarify for the listeners, it's Athens, Greece, not Athens, Ohio. Right, but they do have Jackie O's in Athens, Ohio, and you, can, you know that's not yeah. too that's not too shabby. That's a <laughs> I have also wandered upon many an establishment in Athens, Ohio that was that tasted just like the most incredible thing I've ever had. But that was two a.m. in Athens, Ohio, and you can imagine how I was at that point. Probably cheaper than a dollar. Is yeah. is there a Greek restaurant in Athens, Ohio? Hank doesn't. know There that. needs to be one. I mean, that'd be a heck of a little business venture there. <laughs> I. There might be. You're asking the I don't wrong know. guy. You're definitely asking yeah. the wrong guy. I and I'm just... talking like Euro gyro, like no. like, a, like an authentic like chicken on a stick place. Yeah, <laughs> it would dominate, man. It probably would. There, there's probably one there. Why now, not? Actually. Yeah. They'd I mean, you can't go... tell me come 2 a.m. on a Friday night in Athens, Ohio, yeah. there ain't a need for some quick, easy, cheap food, right? I can tell you, there's a need. Yeah, <laughs> chicken <you> on <laughs> a stick <laughs> yeah. would get it done. All right, I guess just wrapping this up now. Uh, Ben, it's a good time having you on here. You know, love the stories, love talking with you, love talking with you off air too, but you listeners don't get to hear that. Suck to suck. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what were the dates again? When are the team selling everything? Just a quick recap. June 29th. It's a Saturday. Uh, I believe it's going to be from 10 to 1, I believe. Right. Um, we'll put a message out on our Facebook page. It's also going to be on our website, which is just uh, MassOnTigers.com. Um, it, so it it might be adjusted from there. But, again, anybody who's listening who might be out of, out of town, um, if, if you can't get it done that day, uh, just send, send us a message, and we can find a way to, to, to get you one. And if you live out of town, uh, if you want to be involved, we will make arrangements to get it done for sure. So, All right. You heard the man. And uh, with that, go Tigers. Beat St. V. Go Tigers.